Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. Estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. It's very clear our economy is still in trouble. Now your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Starts with doing everything possible to get the COVID-19 under control so that we can reopen our businesses safely, resume our lives, put this pandemic behind us. Broadcasting from the KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 Studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about. time for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Alrighty, hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. I am Jason Grody, and this is Dan Podesto. Hi there. <laughs> nice to be here. On cue. <laughs> Got you unmuted just in time. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for joining in, Dan. Happy uh, end of the week to you. I know it's not quite Saturday as we do the recording, but um, you know, everybody's hearing this on Saturday, so unless the world ended, they made it, we made it. been another another exciting little week let me tell you i was sitting here um wondering whoever's got that uh the bond market uh voodoo doll can stop anytime now Hmm. sticking sticking their pins in there making life hard yeah it became very obvious that Rates have made a definitive move higher, and it just doesn't seem like they're coming back down. There's an opportunity this week for the Fed to calm interest rate markets and maybe even influence the rates back down. And and really, it, it seemed that they just didn't take the bait at all and, and didn't didn't attempt to calm anything. Yeah. Um, so, you're, yeah, the, the Feds met this week. They had their uh, Q&A segment after the meeting. And like you say, I mean, that's a great way to put it. They had a real opportunity to calm the market. Some of the commentary that I was reading is just says that Powell is amazing with his ability to say the wrong thing and crash a market when he's got an opportunity to um, choose words carefully. Um, I, and I, I hate that he's like um, under such fire and scrutiny. I know, I know that these guys are just trying to do the best they can, um, but you know, there's just it's a we got this the bond yield. By the way. Um, as of the time of this recording is approaching 1.75 for the 10 year bond, which is absolutely wild. Uh, mortgage backed securities have just raced along with it. So they're higher yet. Um, we finished this week firmly at three and a quarter percent, um, for like the best scenarios. So those rates in the twos with no points are well in the rear view. Um, and you know, they, Powell had the opportunity to say something that would help us and and maybe acknowledge that there's a little bit of a, an issue here with a yield going out of control um, and really didn't. In fact, uh, some of the... Some of the stuff that um, came out of their mouths was actually more damaging to say, um, you know, some folks basically said they thought that um, 
you know, that it was okay for rates to go higher and that we shouldn't be worried about it and that everything's, um, you know, under control. Kind of kind of interesting to me. I, I feel like it feels out of control and I feel like the feds have lost their grasp of this, um, you know, of these yields and don't aren't aren't doing enough or saying enough to try to calm the market it yeah it was really surprising to me it it felt like the perfect setup as the week began and we saw some of the economic data come out that would really support lower rates and you know with in particular retail sales were well under expectations um there was also some some of the testimony given by um, Fed Chair Powell himself about their economic forecasts um, as far as unemployment, um, inflation, things like that just really felt like it supported the idea of, of rates being lower than they currently are. And and like you said, they just not only did they not encourage rates down, they almost encouraged them to go higher. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Uh, before we started recording today, I started mentioning to you that I've I've been doing some reading now because some of these guys that talk at levels that I have trouble understanding are talking about this supplementary uh, leverage ratio and has to do with the biggest banks in the nation and, and how much um, of these types of bonds that they hold. And if this leverage ratio cap is not extended, then it means that these banks are going to have to dump um, similar bonds and um, into the, an illiquid market. I mean, it feels, you could only suggest that with the yields going the way that they're going right now, it's, it's, a, it's a tired market that's not sure what direction it's going in, is reacting a lot to the Dow being so high and stock markets feeling very strong, um, even though it, that, that in and of itself feels a little bit mind-blowing. Um, but basically that the feds have until the end of the month to decide whether or not they're going to extend this deadline. And the these analysts basically suggest that if the feds let this date come and go quietly to where these banks need to tighten up their balance sheet by dumping a trillion dollars worth of bonds into already illiquid markets that you're really going to see um, some yields move and and watch mortgage rates just go ripping right along with it. And he was asked specifically um, at the Q&A meeting whether or not, um, you know, they're going to extend that, said he didn't want to answer the question and asked for another question. Um, and then later, another member of the panel said that they believed that that um, supplemental leverage ratio should not be extended. So again, an opportunity to, to say or do something to calm the market instead was left with words you know, of somebody else on the panel saying that it should not be extended and just be left to, the, um, to its current course. And um, you know, this, some of these things that I'm reading suggest that the, this leads to some real pain, like a 10 year bond up around 2.4%. And, um, which are suggesting ultimately we could find ourselves there, um, in April. And 
that um, that would lead interest rates to be near 4% across the board. Um, and with that would also come heavy, heavy headwind for the stock market, suggesting um, nobody's really giving numbers, but one of the quotes that I cut here said um, that trillions of dollars of household wealth would evaporate as we see a stock market crash that we've not seen in more than a decade. And I thought, man, if that's what's we at just st- seen a big one here pretty recently. Yeah, well, and if that's what's at stake, then why not come out and calm markets or you know, announce the plan of how we're going to only partially extend the SLR or do something. Surely there's something you could say to try to calm the markets. Instead, they basically said, well, we expect rates are going to be low for the next couple of years and we're just going to keep on trugging on and see how this all comes together. Pretty wild. It's, it is, it's baffling to me, you know, it, here as we're nearing what hopefully feels like the end of the pandemic, um, but but a long road ahead for full recovery. Even you know, again, Fed Chair Powell yesterday in his remarks talked about two years before we see employment uh, unemployment get back down to what it was pre-pandemic, um, and, and some other metrics as well get down to pre-pandemic levels. It's going to be a couple of years. So as we see this long road ahead of us for them to at the same time you know all of a sudden one of the parts of the economy that was functioning well which is the housing economy all of a sudden i mean we've seen refinance activity completely stop i can only imagine if if rates continue this trend like you're saying if if over the next couple of months they go up even for interest rates go up further what's that going to do to the purchase side of the market i mean that's that's one of the only functioning parts of the economy right now. So we're going to have a part that's hopefully recovering, but on a slow road. And then we're going to have the functioning part start to slow down. It just, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, Well, and you know, agreed. I mean, it's, it's fascinating to me. I think it's, it'll be really interesting to see what the next few months hold. Um, There's a few other pieces in here as you talk about that housing piece of the economy and how it's, I mean, it's been the brightest spot for years in a row now. Um, And there's a few things this week I saw that were a little bit alarming. I mean, first of all, I don't know if you, you know, you, Dan, but also you guys, the listeners are paying um, very close attention to this, but um Home buyers are basically what we're finding out from home builders that there's a fair amount of c- contracts being canceled as the costs to building homes are soaring. Um, lumber costs this year, um, or in the last 12 months, I should say, since we're so close to the, the first of the year here, in the fiscal year, lumber costs have surged more than 170%. Wrap your mind around that. Um, That on average adds about $25,000 to the cost of a new home across the board, just in the actual sticks of wood that are going into these houses. Um, Concrete, metal, appliances, um, so many of these other things necessary to build homes are surging um, as a result of disruptions caused by COVID-19, but also just the shakeup of how business is being conducted lately. Um, 
I was talking with a home builder recently who said um, they found an opportunity to buy a great lot and ultimately decided not to because you have to be in a lottery in order to get wood um, for like a one-off track like that. So some of the some of the big builders that have got major sourcing upstream have a lot more control over it. But as you get down smaller into the, you know, the one, two, three, four house at a time builder, there's real concern over whether or not you can even get the materials that you need, let alone the fact that it's much more expensive than it's been. So if you've got these sort of pressures pushing home prices upward, then you're coupling that with a rising interest rate, you know, creating a higher borrowing cost, sort of painting housing into a little bit of a corner. Um, it's, uh, you know, and by the way, the, the home builder index has declined a little bit. It's been kind of steadily declining. Um, you know, in November, we had a high in the um, building sentiment amongst the home builders. We had a high of 90 was the index reading. Um, and it's it's been falling. It now is at um, 83. So we're, we're seeing that the home builders are feeling a little bit less confident um, and just worried that we're that we have some questions in front of us that are just going to, I mean, no other choice, but just to kind of wait and see what happens, but it looks like headwind and, uh, it feels like, um, we're lining this up to put the cost of housing, um, even higher than it already is. Yeah. Which that, that's a formula for disaster. I mean, we're already seeing the appreciation rate accelerate so, so much because, People feel like there's this window of opportunity with the rates being low, like they were. There was this opportunity, and everybody was was getting excited about the window opening a little more for them to be able to own a home. And now, and so we see appreciation going. Now we're hearing about the supplies being more expensive, which also add the cost. And now, all of a sudden, out of left field, it feels like rates have just sprung up overnight, which makes the cost higher. And so I've already heard from some customers that some some new buyers that when rates were sub three, it made sense for them. They could afford it. The you know the payment was in line with with what their income was, and you know wasn't too much higher than their rent, and it all kind of made sense. But as rates have crept over three percent and are possibly going to creep higher, that their interest level declines significantly in in wanting to own a home. It feels like the window is sliding shut again on a lot of people. Yeah. It feels, it feels like we, uh, face a little bit of challenge for sure. Um, you know, I just hope, hope that we, you know, and that, and that ultimately is when you, this week when the feds meet and they do their press conference with the big Q and a, that's where you want, all of the reassurance to say, Hey, we see these things. We understand these things. We're going to accommodate in the way that we, you know, that we always have in the way we know we can. And we're committed to keeping, um, these yields under control and having these rates, uh, you know, low for the foreseeable future. I mean, they definitely did say that they want to have rates stay low. Um, but, 
you know, they're, they're, they're able to set that overnight rate. They're not able to set things like the mortgage rate or really influence the bond market too heavily um, with, in terms of lowering it without pumping money in. Um, but just an, a lack of willingness to say so, I think is, it was really the problem. And, and we're paying for it. I mean, if you were, if you were to pull up any of these charts and look at what's going on within treasuries and, and mortgage backed securities, you can see that the market's under strain. And, and Dan, you said a minute ago that it sure seems like rates have popped up and that those lows are a thing of the past. It, it sure does. And it happens so rapidly, you know, literally like a coiled spring. I just wouldn't have thought that we would move so drastically this other direction so rapidly um, I would have guessed that we would have made the move slower over time um, but you and know. I feel less optimistic about them coming back down in large part because of this week because of the Fed's opportunity that they basically passed on this week they don't they only have these press conferences four times a year they meet I think it's 10 times a year but they only do the press conferences a handful of times. And so it's their opportunity to not just announce policy decisions, but to also explain rationale behind the decision and really get into a, a, a Q&A with, with um, you know, the financial pundits and, and people who know the right questions to ask and, and they can really understand the thinking of the Fed decision makers and so we're not going to have this type of opportunity to, to understand their thinking again until June. Right. So that's, that's where I get a little pessimistic about where rates are going um, is because of that. If they were going to, if they wanted to influence markets, this was the week to do it. And, and they just didn't. So either they don't see it as a big deal like we do, or um, I don't know, they, maybe they think, this is just a blip on the radar and it's going to correct itself. I'm not sure. Well, I do think that we're going to see some significant market movement in one way or the other based on this, um, this supplementary leverage ratio thing that I'm talking somewhat vaguely about. Um, <laughs> they essentially, this is set to expire at the end of the month. And um, I found the piece I clipped here where um, they asked some member asked um, Powell to discuss the extension of the SLR waiver. And he, his answer, and this is the quote, he said, not ready to make that announcement. It will come in a couple of weeks. Please ask another question. So he's basically wanting to push this all the way out to the deadline. Um, I believe knowing that it was going to be disruptive and cause problems in the market, um, and it made me, you know, I don't know what to take away from that. If, if that means that they're not prepared to extend the waiver and, and are just going to let things kind of go the normal market way in the, at the end of the month, or if they're still, um, infighting over what the right thing to do is, or if there's some middle ground, you know, where you're going to phase 
phase instead of just um, extending the waiver that maybe you're going to phase in some new requirements so that so that these guys can change the leverage ratio more slowly over time but in that same boat if you know and this is part partially why we're looking at a 10-year at 1.75 today is if you know that this is you know, potentially, you know, let's just say you have a thousand dollar gold coin in your pocket and you're told that on April 1st, it might be worth 500 bucks. And you've got people out there today saying, well, I'll give you 800 for it. Um, what are you inclined to do? Well, some of those people are going to want to start planning for selling it now at the 800 level or, or risk selling it at the 500 level, right? So this is really what, you know, we have this this deadline looming without clear indication of where where we're headed to it and what that's going to mean for literally a trillion plus dollars um, worth of bonds. I mean that's a that's an impossible amount of money, um, and that's what's at stake. And we got basically said, I don't want to answer that. Can you ask another question? Um, not not the right thing to say, not the right thing to do. Should have known that that question was going to get asked and had a better answer ready for it. Um, leading into the meeting this week, by the way, that was one of the things that most people thought um, that were like looking for what kind of outcome are we going to learn about, which is first, basically, when when is the Fed going to change um, interest rates? You know, basically, how many people on the panel believe that we're going to raise interest rates and when? Um, the thought was somewhere in 2022. I think it went from five members believing 2023 now to seven members believing 2023. So there's a fair distance out before the feds are actually going to raise interest rates. But the second big thing was whether the fed was going to make policy announcement as to this SLR waiver. And not only did they choose not to, but they made some damaging statements um, around it, which made it feel uh, secretive and, um, you know, like I said, moved markets. So not good. It's not good. Doesn't feel like a great week. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, especially on the heels of last week when we got, the bad news about the non-owner occupied properties and their rates spiking as a result. Yeah. The hits keep coming, but you know what? Um, it's so funny. I was reading um, separate commentary about uh, one of the mortgage companies said that they had the, the 10 best days they've ever had in their mortgage company just happened in this last 10 days. And I thought, well, that's not surprising because you're closing loans from two months ago when we had like the lowest interest rates that we had in a long time. So totally. um, you're you're at the tail end of funding that off. That's got to feel great. But when you look at what's coming in terms of new business at these new higher rates, you surely didn't mean to say that you had your 10 best application days in 10, you know, in the last 10 days of you right. know, company history. That is absolutely not what you meant whatsoever. Um and but so my point is though is that many mortgage companies are just finishing digesting the last piece of what was a, a huge record breaking year um, and funding out these last bits, which will probably go on for another thirty to forty five days before 
those are kind of blown out. And so if no one jumps off the bridge this week or next, believing that rates ran up and destroyed the whole housing industry and there's nothing to live for, if you just wait and live through that, um, it probably bounces back down. And in the end, I think many people will, you know, at least mortgage people will look back and say, you know, it's kind of nice to get that little dip in applications as we, um, you know, thought the sky was falling, but we're okay. And um, I think it, it probably ends up that way. Your, your speculation about June, you know, kind of that's the next time the Fed's going to attempt to do that uh, press conference Q&A meeting. Um, I, obviously, you're right about that. That's on the, the open market committee calendar. But I think that we're going to see some other things come out of the Fed in the next couple of, you know, weeks and months here that are that probably are going to calm markets. And I, I suspect that what this little whipsaw run up where these rates have gotten so bad so quick are going to move back the other way and that we're going to probably find some sort of neutral zone in the middle somewhere. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, you know, I think, I think probably where it wants to be is somewhere closer to three and that we're just sort of penduluming past that and are going to be coming back to it soon. Um, but we'll certainly see. And I don't think we're going to have a real clear view of that before um, April when the feds talk about this SLR waiver. So um, let's go ahead and take the uh, first commercial break here. The hour, take some time out to listen to commercials. So uh, do whatever you got to do. And we'll be back in just a minute here with more Mortgage Matters. Stick around. It's time to pay some bills. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Stay tuned. More from the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending in just seconds. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Low and the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 low and the mortgage experts. 
experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. In these times of economic turmoil, it's hard to know where to turn for financial security. At Blakesley & Blakesley, they've been providing solid financial advice for over 30 years. If you'd like a second opinion on your investments or just a financial tune-up, turn to a proven name you know you can trust. Blakesley & Blakesley. For the service you deserve and the advice you trust, come to Blakesley & Blakesley with offices in San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria, and Paso Robles. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. As a direct VA lender, we specialize in helping the great servicemen and women of the Central Coast utilize their benefit to purchase and refinance real estate. We thank you for your service and believe it's a distinct honor to serve you. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Loewen Mortgage Experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 with your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Um, good news. Felt like that wasn't all great news, but I have some good news. If you want, all right, it. let's hear it. Uh, the f- um, so the IRS announced that um, the usual tax deadline of April fifteenth has been moved this year to May fifteenth. I saw that. So you have a whole extra month to do your taxes. You still got to pay. If you owe, you still got to pay on the 14th, you know, because they want their money. You still have to pay by the April deadline? Yeah. Isn't that always the case, though? If you, no matter what, if if you owe, you owe. I think last year, last year they delayed it all the way out and they delayed payment as well. Oh, I I wasn't sure. I didn't see the part about delaying payment. Maybe we'll have to look that up. I don't want to mislead anybody. Although I got to say, if you owe money, you might as well just pay it sooner than later. Um, Stay out of trouble. I mean, if you don't have to file until May, how do you know what you owe? I mean that's always that's the funniest thing about the extension of any kind of filing, um, you know. You got to know what you need to owe, right? Or you, or or you just do the thing where you just overpay, and then you uh, you know get get a refund back of the extra that you paid. Right. Yeah, I did see that. So yeah, the new deadline is May seventeenth because the fifteenth, I believe, falls on a on a saturday so the 17th is your new filing deadline um and it oh no i'm seeing here it, it says does say income taxes and payments are due on may 17th instead of april yes. 15th so you don't have to pay yeah. you don't have there to you pay go. you get all that extra time so look at that there's good news right sure the irs did say if you're owed a refund they think you should file immediately Get your I would, money. I would agree with them. Why not? Get your money back. Yeah. 
Oh, the time of getting tax refunds. Those are those are well in the rearview mirror. Um, which is funny. Mainly, you know, you get a refund when you overpay. Still feels like you're getting dollars from heaven, but um, it's really because you only overpaid. Well, the IRS actually updated their W-4 form. I, I want to say it was in 2019. And so they they kind of took away that thing where you can manipulate your your withholdings, your deductions, or whatever that number is. You know, the bigger number means they withhold less taxes, and the right the smaller number means they withhold more. And so they kind of have moved away from from that. Uh, so now, basically, you know, a lot of people played the game where they'd mark their dependent number really high, and that. They would withhold as little taxes as possible from their paycheck, and the government, the IRS, didn't like that. So they they want people to pay in at they want they want more in an ongoing basis, and then if you overpay, they'll give it back to you later. So more people might be getting refunds than they than a couple of years ago. Fantastic news, <laughs> except for. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, then it means throughout the course of the year, you're getting less of your usual paycheck while the government holds it. And then, you know, is that is true. Graciously returns it to you at which time you, um, you know, can send it off to your credit company. That is true. Yeah, that's kind of funny, but Hey, they need their money. There's a lot of bills to pay here. Um, Housing data, um, I th- kind of started to talk about this earlier and then didn't because I wanted to save it for this segment, but um, housing starts, which are, um, you know, a, that's a, a big indicator of what we have in terms of adding additional housing supply here into the mix and hopefully lowering or, or preventing the rapid ex- acceleration of uh, home prices here. Um, but, but yeah, anyway, housing starts fell, um, more than expected in February. The biggest, biggest culprit here is the unusual cold weather that they had in Texas. Um, basically, you know, Texas was just gripped by freezing weather, which made it difficult to break ground. And I'm sure you guys recall, but they were out of power in a lot of Texas for a while there. Um, I guess I was kind of surprised in reading this just to see how much share of um, the portion of national housing starts occur in Texas. Um, We should all be grateful that Texas continues to provide housing for so many people. Uh, but at any rate, um, housing starts came in um, at 1.42 million annualized. Um, and to put it into context, too, that's still above the uh, pre-COVID uh, number, which was at about 1.3 million. So um, still building a fair amount, even though the um, you know the starts are a little bit less. Chances are those starts are just delayed, so we'll see it made up next month. But um, it'll be interesting to see, though, as those delays caused, um, you know, so many houses to not get started, and then you have interest rate issues. For <laughs> if I hope those people locked um, that were having <laughs> houses built, because if not, they're gonna they're gonna wake up sad in April. 
Yeah, you have to imagine that the the housing starts, the building permits numbers, those are looking out a little further than today's climate. Yeah, but I think a lot of these places have you like lay down a deposit, you know? Of True. Uh, I mean, I guess if yeah, yeah, I mean, starts definitely more so than building permits are closer to a completed home and definitely they're taking offers before a home's completed. Yeah. Well, building permits kind of told a similar story. It looks like. Yeah. They were also down. What? 10, 10 plus percent month over month. Again, probably do a lot to weather related issues. That storm while starting in Texas moved its way across the country. Um, to the east and affected a lot of states and that you know you talked about texas and their their share of national housing inventory really it's the whole southern region that is a big portion of our housing stock southern region also the east east coast those are two those are huge areas um, when it comes to housing Um, when we see like the national numbers from the National Association of Realtors and that, and they talk about, you know, the the four different regions of the United States. The South is, I think it's the largest, if I'm not mistaken, which I, and I believe that includes, it might include Texas. I'm not exactly sure how they break up their regions, but so yeah, when there's that weather, those weather issues all across um, the South and the Eastern part of the United States, it has big impact on these national numbers. Yep. While we while we were talking about that, I I just punched in a scenario too. I mean, we keep talking about interest rates going up, and um, you know, thought maybe it'd be a good idea to to do the math real quick and kind of put it into some context um, for the Californians around that have a five hundred thousand dollar mortgage. Two point six two five percent was probably your low water mark in terms of getting a, a really low thirty year fixed where the payment would have been $2,008 at today's rate, which would be 3.25%. That payment's $2,176. So basically what you see is just a change in, um, you know, payment by 167, almost $168 a month between those two. Um, you know, it's not quite a ten percent difference, but it's a it's it is really a sizable amount of money, and um, you know every little bit matters when you're stretching so far. You know, like oftentimes when we're pre-approving home buyers, like the absolute upper end of what you can qualify on is X and it's, that's based on debt to income ratio and that's based on, you know, kind of current market rates. And so when you see movement like this happen, then people, people generally going to need to lower their house hunt, you know, maybe from 600 down to 580 just to be able to stomach the extra, you know, the change in cost there. Um, but those people that are right on the edge, which, Kind of feels like a lot of people lately. I mean, you see a lot of loan files too, Dan. Doesn't it seem like most people are right at the edge of debt to income ratio? I mean, we see a a lot of applications and a lot of borrowers in different situations. So it's hard to to generalize in that way. But I mean, there's definitely a significant share of people who are 
um, it's it's tough for them. Yeah, they're at the they're at the high end of the the debt ratio that's allowed for mortgages, or um, you know, coming up with down payments and things like that, or, or reserves too. Like when you're talking about certain loan programs, that borrowers have to show reserves, and when the payment is ten percent higher, they're now having to show additional cash in the bank. So there's it has effects that reach beyond just the monthly payment. I mean, and you're not talking about a small sum of money. I think a typical mortgage payment that we see is between three and $4,000 a month. And so when you're talking about a 10% swing in that payment, you're talking about three or $400 a month. I mean, that's, that's a significant amount of money. That's a car payment for a lot of people. That's um, you know, that it, it's a big difference. It's overtime. And it, it, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's the difference between someone wanting to buy a home, feeling like it's possible and not. I mean, it, it truly is. And we're hearing some of that feedback from, from certain buyers. Um, others, you know, it doesn't necessarily affect them as much, but it's still not fun to think about when they're mentally geared up for something in the twos and then all of a sudden it's in the threes. Yeah, I definitely think that there's there is a certain psychological component to it, you know, especially when the housing market is this hot and it's been this hot for this long. And so you're finally ready to go. Um, and so you're one of the ways you could help justify it as well. The borrowing costs have never been lower. And so it makes it a good opportunity. I don't want to miss that opportunity. And so you cozy up to it because of that. Well, at least I'm going to get an interest rate in the mid twos. Well, now when you come in, you're going to find that you're going to get interest rate in the low threes. And so psychologically, I think there's a little bit of difference there. And, and again, I mean, I know like we've been doing this show long enough that we've been through some economic cycles while doing this show. Um, it affects people in transaction the most. You know, if you were pre-approved or wrote an offer last week or, you know, three weeks ago, whatever, you're, you're in the hunt and you feel like you're so close to making this happen. And now the market's really just squirting away from you. Um, and, and what's frustrating is it's something that you just have zero control over whatsoever. Um, I mean, I've been getting some of those phone calls this week of people that said, well, I got to do something, you know, I, I want to buy a house and I just can't find one yet, but I need to lock in a rate. And the problem is, is that these rate locks are actually specific to a property. So, um, you know, it just, it, it can be really frustrating if you feel like you're, you're in the staging area here, just finding out that the costs to borrow are going up and there, there isn't anything you can do about it, you know? Yeah, I, I think so. A lot of it's mentality, a lot of it's understanding the path that we're on. I mean, we all know that rates aren't going to, they weren't going to stay at two and a half percent forever. And so there's going to be a little bit of pain here as people readjust their thought process. But I think we just have to remember as we, I mean, we've been on this 30, 40 year run of declining rates. So <laughs> there's always been these refinance opportunities, just wait a little bit longer and the rate will be lower and, and you refinance. And that's how homeowners have, have saved money and, and done you know, accumulated wealth and done all the things they've done as, as rates turn the corner and start to, move higher. Um, I think the strategy changes for a buyer. I think you buy when you find the right property and when you can financially afford it. 
and then you look for the dips because like you're saying right now we've seen rates pretty much overnight it feels like overnight it's really been a couple of weeks maybe a month but rates went from about two and a half to three and a quarter so not ideal but maybe you you got motivated to buy when rates were two and a half and you found the property and now rates are three and a quarter well hopefully that change didn't affect your ability to qualify or not you know it's just it's just less you're just not you're just frustrated by it but it is what it is but you you continue you found the right home you buy the home and then you look for the dip maybe it dips back down you know to two and three quarters maybe it dips back down to three whatever it is and you see you know with with the the mortgage amounts that we see in california and in particular our area five six hundred thousand being very common it doesn't take a huge dip in rate to to see a meaningful savings. So I think that's just what people have to understand that, that maybe buying a home now, it, you just have to take what you can get when you find the right home, especially with the, you know, the supply being so low. And then you just look for the dip. You look for the opportunity to, to find your right rate and payment and then ride that out for 30 years. Yep. Hey, and some people now are going to have loans for 30 years. No doubt. Oh, Some of these people definitely. that have these two and three eighths or two and a half 30 year fix are going to have these things for 30 years. They're going to keep them. They're going to be there remodeling and adding on and doing whatever. They're just going to, they're going to have loans for what, you know, is, people never did that before. <laughs> yeah. Talk to any financial planner right now. They will tell you to never, ever pay off your loan that you got here in the last 12 months. Yeah. Hey, we need to do the final commercial break here. The show we get back, I want to give you guys a COVID update um, and a couple more parting comments before we finish. So let's go ahead and do this last commercial break here. We'll be back in just a minute. Stick around. It's time to pay some bills. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Stay tuned. More from the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending in just seconds. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Low and the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328. 
8835. This is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 Low. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. In these times of economic turmoil, it's hard to know where to turn for financial security. At Blakesley and Blakesley, they've been providing solid financial advice for over 30 years. If you'd like a second opinion on your investments or just a financial tune-up, turn to a proven name you know you can trust. Blakesley and Blakesley. For the service you deserve and the advice you trust, come to Blakesley and Blakesley with offices in San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria, and Paso Robles. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. As a direct VA lender, we specialize in helping the great servicemen and women of the Central Coast utilize their benefit to purchase and refinance real estate. We thank you for your service and believe it's a distinct honor to serve you. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 with mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 with your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. We're in the home stretch here, but I didn't, couldn't possibly let the show go by today without telling you guys about the weekly uh, forbearance numbers here, the COVID forbearance numbers of how many loans in the U.S. are in, in forbearance. And this is another week, so I think this marks the third week in a row where we've had a decrease in the amount of loans that are in forbearance Fell by six basis points this week. Now we're down to 5.14%. Um, so it was previously 52 um, Basically somewhere still around 2.6 million homeowners in forbearance plans. But it's good to see that number dropping. Uh, hopefully we get get all the way back to normal um, in terms of loans and forbearance, which is in, in normal healthy times is somewhere around 1%. So we're still elevated. Yeah. Do you have any data on rental payments that are behind? I did see that some of the cities, I don't. Um, I saw, I read an article this week, it's kind of interesting, that it's some of the big cities, they're having to lower rents to get people to um, fill vacancies and want to move in the city. 
Um, mm. But people are kind of panicked about being in real dense areas because of COVID, which I mean, makes sense. That's affected our market here. Some of the first time home buyers that I'm still dealing with, um, and also just people looking to buy a second home, which they're going to eventually make their primary residence. But people working from home now are coming from city areas, wanting to find place to spread out and give themselves a better chance at um, <laughs> having a little bit of breathing room around them and maybe avoiding COVID. It's, it's kind of, I mean, it makes sense. And I guess if you've got the financial means to do it and your employer is going to let you work remotely indefinitely, um, then, uh, yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Get to the place you want to, you want to be, get to that better quality of life spot. If you're allowed to work from wherever you want. I had a couple of home buyers call me up. Um, they live down in Santa Barbara County and wanted to move up towards the Napa area and said um, they were both teachers for the same school and were looking to relocate up there and wanted to, you know, qualify for a house up there. And I said, well, are you going to be able to work for the school here when you move there? And said, well, no, but this contract goes through June and we'll just, we'll land soft when we're there. So say, hang on timeout. That's not going to work. Um, so reminder to the rest of you guys, you got to be, you got to be employed with an expectancy of being employed for the next several years. You don't get to move on a whim and count it real quick before that paycheck, you get your last paycheck in May and want to make it all work before then. That's not how it goes. We put a little more into it than that. And, um, you know, in fact, since we're getting to the, the tail end of the show here, I just want to remind everybody that, um, Dan, you said like 15 minutes ago that refinance is just like up and died overnight. And that's not entirely true. Um, I'm working on two refis right now, a primary residence, which is at five and a quarter and an investment property that's at four and a quarter. Well, there you go. That's Maybe shocking, that. right? Um, so there are still, and by the way, the MBA, the Mortgage Bankers Association suggests that there are about 20 million homeowners that still have interest rates that are well above the rates where we are right now. So if you were one of those people that were waiting because, you know, oh, it's only going to get rates are only going to get lower. That's all they ever do is go low. Um, you, you probably missed the low bottom, but don't be foolish and miss the whole thing. Um, you know, it's a still really good. I mean, I, I'm having to pep talk myself a little bit with the, the drop in new applications. I, you know, I'm also obviously always cautiously trying to plan for the future. I've had to pep talk myself a little bit and I'm saying things to myself like, Hey, three and a quarter percent to borrow 600 plus thousand dollars for 30 years is not bad. And, um, you know, and then, of course, there's the other situations where people have got, you know, buying somebody out or maybe a dissolution of marriage or acquiring a, you know, a second home or a vacation home or a rental property or what have you. There's there's reasons that you might want a loan. And um, if you need help, if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com or you can call 805-543-LOAN. Um, and, and get help from one of our mortgage experts. We're here to help you guys. And, uh, 
yeah, I, I do still believe there's plenty of you guys out there that um, that waited, thinking that you were going to find the true bottom. I think you missed the true bottom, but don't wait too long. You should reach out to us now. Um, let us let us get you started. And then otherwise, um, lastly, we got like 30 seconds here to go, but I see this article. I just read this article today. There are 4 million millennials reaching peak home buying age this year. Um, these are people in their late 20s and 30s that are looking to buy a home. If that's you, um, come on. Let's get you pre-approved. We'll tell you if your credit's in the right spot, if your savings and if your income is in the right spot, maybe get you some of that homework that you might need to work on for a few months or even a year to be able to get yourself an ideal position. Don't wait. If you want to get pre-approved, uh, reach out to us at 805-543-LOAN. Dan, thanks so much for your help today. Nice to spend this hour with you. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back next week with another live episode of Mortgage Matters. Thanks.